Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn, all alone yet again. <laughs> To review last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. Don't worry, normal service will resume very soon. The Dudley Boys are literally on their way back from Las Vegas. As you listen to this podcast, they've been there covering all things AEW. I believe we get Hamlet back tomorrow and then a full Dudley Boys contingent by Thursday. But as I said, I am on my Todd today reviewing Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2 Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. We're going to a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, all on my own today. And to be honest, I came into the office today and I, I genuinely thought about not doing this. You've already had quite a few times of me coming in here and just talking to myself about Monday Night Raw and expect more of that this afternoon when we preview NXT, by the way, but I thought, you know, long and hard about what I was going to do today, and there was a there was a period where I thought about kind of jacking it all in. You know, I, I love uh, all the uh, support we get and the the, the 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 fantastic comments, whether it be on social media, in person, always makes my jaw drop to the floor when people come up and say that they listen to my weird little wrestling podcast with my soundboard over here. <laughs> Um, or it being the the review sections of Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. But I just thought, you know, maybe, you know, there's a time to 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 stop doing all of this and me and the Dadly Boys kind of go our separate ways. Um, but thankfully, I had a, a close personal friend reach out to me this weekend and uh, just mention how much he appreciates the podcast that we create. And he said something that really stuck with me. I I'm probably going to get this wrong, but he said something along the lines of the, the What Culture Wrestling podcast is one of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a f- Yeah, that was it. Um, in fact, I'd probably call him my best friend in all of wrestling. So on we go to <laughs> Raw Review. Um, obviously, all the fallout from uh, Night of Champions. This is a... a I weirdly enjoyed this show. It was a weird sort of, as always, Vince influence episode of Raw. And I promised Andy I wouldn't rant about this on the news. But I'm going to rant about it now because, well, there's only me here. But it is inexplicable to me and yet completely understandable at the same time, considering how WWE's run, that they can look at Night of Champions and look at that reaction and the reaction across social media of everyone talking about the implosion of the bloodline and how that storyline's carried them through for so long, especially following WrestleMania when they made the wrong decision with Cody Rhodes, in my opinion. But more on that a little bit later on in the podcast. And they look at that 
and they see this amazing arc of long-term storytelling, and yet they still allow that doddery old fool to get involved and muck with your favourite wrestling show, or, you know, one of your favourites, at least. And, yeah, it, it was <sighs> astonishing when I heard people saying, well, if he's not a gorilla, he can't, you know, influence things. Of course he can. He can just z- call in, zoom in, Skype in, whatever he wants to do, and just rip everything. I don't know why they answered the call, to be perfectly honest. Rip everything up and change things at the last moment. Um but despite Vince's influence on this show, I did enjoy it. It was a kind of nice change of pace. I've watched a lot of wrestling over the past 24 hours. I was away on a stag do uh, in a field in the middle of nowhere near Stoke randomly. Uh, and our international listeners probably shouldn't Google Stoke because they'll be worried about my well-being quite possibly. So, yeah, I get back yesterday and I have to catch up on not just Night of Champions, but, of course, AW Double or Nothing and NXT Battleground, which will be getting referenced later on today, as I said, in the NXT preview. And so by the time I got around to watching Raw in the early hours of this morning, I kind of wanted a bit of of shenanigans, a bit of talking, a bit of lack of wrestling on my wrestling show to balance things out. And I kind of got a nice balance on this show. So anyway, well, let's get into it. There was a recap video for Night of Champions to open, and then Samantha Irvin introduces the new world heavyweight champion, the man himself, Seth Rollins. And he comes through the crowd and he's high-fiving people and everyone in the crowd is singing his song. Not that song, his song. Uh, the You Deserve It chant. The streamers, which look great, uh, as he steps into the ring and he gets on the mic and says it felt right being the world champion again and uh, how excited he is to be a champion who's always going to be there, always going to be ready to fight. And the fans chant, thank you, Seth, before he's interrupted by AJ Styles, who says, yeah, look, I know brand split and all that, but yeah, bollocks to all that. I couldn't resist coming to Raw to congratulate you. And I thought, oh, here we go. Uh, He said, look, I gave you everything I had, but it seems like uh, you had a counter to everything. You knew what was coming. Um, I heard the fans saying that you deserve it. I don't think so. And you're like, "Uh uh-oh. He says, you earned the right to be world champion. And there's a nice moment between the two of them. Rollins uh, said uh, it was a beating handed out by Styles at Night of Champions, and uh, they fair play to both of them, basically, and there's a nice handshake between the two. Um, but before we can go any further, out comes uh, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, and the inimitable Dominic Mysterio, who collectively, I think there's a, a name for them, I think, um, they're in the f***ing judgment day. Uh, and Finn, Bal- Finn Balor is... Sick to his stomach by this love-in between the two of them. He says he felt like puking. Damien Priest is the same, feeling nauseous. Rhea Ripley says, just a quick reminder, we run Raw. Priest says, actually, we run the entire of WWE now that the bloodline's imploded. Um, Balor's laughing. We beat the tag champs. Even Roman Reigns couldn't do something like that. Um, And Ripley's there saying, like, she's the champion, whilst Rollins is just 
a champion or another champion. Uh, and he needs to be careful, otherwise someone in the Judgment Day could take or would take his title. It could be Priest, it could be Bala, or it could be her very own Dom Dom, who's apparently, after this weekend, over in two different promotions. Um, Dominic's name gets the exact reaction you'd expect, and the suggestion of Dominic becoming world champion is the funniest thing that Seth Rollins and AJ Styles have ever heard. And Dom, it's not funny. I've beat you before, don't forget, AJ Styles. So they challenge Rollins and Styles to a match, um, do the Judgment Day. Um, Seth accepts... Um, you know, he understands that it's going to be him and AJ Styles, but it, uh, on the other side, we are not informed as to which two members of the Judgment Day it's going to be. But regardless, they're on his show, Monday Night Rollins. Got to say, the crowd was really into this. Uh, and yeah, we've spoken about this a lot before. I like a good show long hook. Introduce something at the beginning. Complete. Uh, make sure you you keep revisiting it throughout the show as they did, um, and finish the show with it. And they finished the show really strong with this main event, which I'll get to in a while. And I did like the fact that they finally acknowledged, yeah, AJ Styles isn't supposed to be here, and this is just an impromptu match. I'm sure Sidge will have words to say about this at some point, but. After this, Postman Pierce is backstage on the phone to somebody, um, and uh, he's like, yeah, I know Stars is on SmackDown, but it's it's a really bloody good match. Um, but has he, AJ Styles even got any gear? And Styles and Rollins are there encouraging him to get the match made. Uh, Styles is like, yeah, of course I've got my gear. Make the bloody match. So that was set up for later on in the evening. Uh, of course, Night of Champions is over. Now we are on the road to Money in the Bank. So we had our first few qualifiers on this show. Uh, the first one following that being the Ricochet match against The Miz. Miz breaking out some stuff I either haven't seen from him in a while or haven't ever seen. He hit a running Hurricane Rana and a big boot to knock Ricochet to the outside and take us to a break. When we come back... Uh, you know my love for Miz. Um, he hit a springboard crossbody and got a two count. Was angry at the ref saying, but I springboarded. Um, Miz caught, caught Ricochet again with a code breaker and a DDT for two. Ricochet's bumping brilliantly here. But thankfully, the right person qualified for money in the bank because Ricochet nailed the Miz with a big old kick, uh, laid him out and hit him with a shooting star for the one, two, three. Ricochet, the first man in the men's money in the bank ladder match. What followed was Trish Stratus coming out, of course, victorious over Becky Lynch at Night of Champions, courtesy of Zoe Stark's involvement. And well, let me tell you what happened, and then I'll tell you my thoughts on this uh, association. Because Stratus comes out, uh, she's got a really obvious bruise on her jaw. Um, and she's got the, the the gear with thank you, Trish, on the back. But it means nothing to her to hear the fans say it, um, because she doesn't care if you're from round here, what you think. Um, she called her performance beating Becky Lynch goat tings. 
um, and said that Lynch losing would mean she'd have to go away and go through stuff again. That didn't happen to top people like herself. Uh, and she introduces to Zoe Stark. She says, look, she had my back, not because I needed her help, but because she wanted to help. Uh, and Zoe Stark comes out and she said she came here to be the best and make a statement and there was no one better to learn from than the OG herself. She could have taken this long, hard road just like Becky Lynch did, or she could have been smart like the great Trish Stratus. Um, she calls Stratus kind and giving and says, thank you, Trish, uh, before turning her attention to that bruise on her chin and they have a little bit of bloody trouble locating it for a while. Uh, but once they do, Stratus says she's not happy about it. She says, don't you show up, Becky Lynch. Otherwise, me and Zoe are going to show you what's up. And Of course, this brings out Becky Lynch uh, wearing the same gear, the sort of Kill Bill, I think, inspired gear. Um, she tells Zoe Stark she's going to ruin her life. Um, and she says, well, look, we're still in our gear from Night of Champions. Why don't we restart the match now one-on-one? -on -one? Yeah, that's not going to happen, Becky. Uh, Zoe goes out after her, but Lynch decks her and chucks her into the barricade and gets in and goes after Trish Stratus, and she's beating her up, and she's all over her. But, of course, the numbers game catches up to her. Stark gets back in, clobbers uh, Becky Lynch, gets her up, hits her with that great Z360 or whatever they're calling it, the sort of spinning uh, CM Punk finish. Um, I suppose all... Yeah, anyway. Uh, Stratus then... Hit with the, the right hand. I, I think they are establishing, I think she was wearing the Hall of Fame ring, but I'm not certain. But she basically nailed her in the same spot as where that big bruise was on Trisha's face. Uh, and they lay her out, leave her in the corner, propped up with the Thank You Trish t-shirt on her. Ooh. I have to say, um, this segment was good fun. Obviously, the, the, the feud between these people is not over. But um, I love the association of... Trish and Zoe. I think Zoe Stark, we've been singing her praises for, for ages on our NXT reviews. And yeah, she's, I mean, she obviously established herself in that Royal Rumble. Uh, she's been kicking ass. And it makes storyline sense. If you're Trish Stratus and you want to get one over on Becky Lynch, you manipulate this young, hungry talent who has got a wicked finisher, the G spinning GTS, basically. Um, I'm excited to see where this goes next, and yeah, presumably setting up something for, well, I think Becky's got her Money in the Bank qualifying. Has, she, has Zoe got one as well? Have they got one against each other? No, Becky's got Sonya Deville, Zoe Stark's got <laughs> Natalia, um, so they'll no doubt revisit this feud in Money in the Bank, and then potentially some sort of big blow-off thing at SummerSlam, which I'm absolutely fine with. Um, I think, yeah, just Trish and Becky itself... Ugh, wasn't great um, in terms of the build to United Champions, but my word, this is the uh, injection that it needed. Um, then we got a squash match with uh, poor Big Body Javi from NXT. I, I've literally not even got the name of the other guy who he was tagging with. Veer and Sanger with Jinder Mahal there looking ominous at ringside. Indus share, kicked their ass in like a minute. Um, did all their spots that they did in exactly the same way in the the last squash, maybe a little sloppier here, but the same things that they did last time we saw them, the only thing of note, and I don't like, you know, going after people for botching, because I've never taken a bloody bump in my life, but it was a little bit funny when Veer fell off the apron as they were getting into the ring. But yeah, a squash win for Indus Share. Uh, and then before we get out the tag team champions, there was a recap of what went down 
at Night of Champions with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa and of course the involvement of the Usos. Reigns is going to celebrate on Friday Smackdown 1,000 days as champion and trust me, me and Havlet will make sure we preview that for our SmackDown preview later on this week. And I don't like saying I told you so, but for all those people saying, oh, run out of juice, this whole bloodline story. Has it? Because I heard that crowd and I saw that social media reaction to uh, Jimmy super kicking the tribal chief. Uh, I was watching it at about 11 o'clock at night last night. And I woke my heavily pregnant wife squealing about the spot. I'd managed to avoid all the spoilers. And uh, yeah, it's best storyline in wrestling, in my opinion, this. Fight me. So anyway, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn comes out. I do like the fact that Owens wore a We The Ones t-shirt. Uh, and they're talking about what happened on Saturday. Zayn says, we didn't just defend our championships we will won. We did what we set out to do. The bloodline crumbled. It was the worst night of Roman Reigns' life. He got exactly what he deserved. He might be the greatest of all time, says Sammy. He might be champion for another thousand days. Wait a second. I have a sound effect for this as much as I love my tribal chief. No! No, no, no! Uh, he might main event the next five WrestleManias. No! Yeah, you, you get the idea. Uh, but whenever he looked in the mirror, uh, he would know that Owens and Zayn won. And this brings out randomly Imperium. Uh, Ludwig Kaiser calls their victory impressive, but was it the most impressive that night? No, it wasn't nearly as impressive as Gunther, the man who extended his record-setting reign. Um, Kevin Owens, man, what a what a what a guy! Why are you here, he says. Your names weren't mentioned. You can't just come out whenever you want. You have to have your name mentioned and then come out. Uh, one of the few people who can get away with this sort of thing here. Um, Zane, I do like Kevin Owens pitching a fit about the most minuscule things. Zane has to calm him down. But he does agree with him. There is an unwritten rule that you don't come out unless your name is mentioned. Uh, and Zane says, shouldn't you be getting ready for your match against Alpha Academy? Um he called them American Alpha briefly, and I thought, ooh, no. Um, and he said, we embarrassed you with the help of Matt Riddle last week. Uh, and Kaiser's like, no, Riddle's an embarrassment, and you as the champions are an embarrassment. And Owens, again, goes off on a bit of a tangent. He says, oh, we always hear from Slenderman here and the guy with the ears. Bold strategy, Cotton, to uh, describe Gunther as that. But we never hear from the guy with the head, I believe, was the line he used. Uh, Owens wanted to hear from him. Zane was intrigued by Baldy too. There was a Baldy chant, and uh, we mentioned today that the ups and downs were going to be delayed because obviously Miller's on his way back from Las Vegas as well. Intrigued to see what or how he scores that one. A Baldy chant on Monday Night Raw. I know Andy Murray felt a... Hmm, in, well, besmirched, I suppose, is a, is a good word here because that's exactly what Kaiser used here. But before we can go any further, here we get a shush, shush, please. Out comes Chad Gable. Uh, he says, the new and improved Alfram Academy, and that features Maxine Dupree wearing a shoes T-shirt. They're there to teach Imperium a lesson right now. And uh, Kevin's like, go on, Chad, do the thing. Do the thing that I really like every time. And we get a uh, thank you. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn join commentary for, uh, yes, Chad and, uh, I don't know if he's Otis or Otis, 
versus Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. But in this wacky universe that we live in now, a distraction came in this match courtesy of Valhalla. Remember her? She appeared, she stared down Dupree, Dupree kicked her, Valhalla just looked at her, and she chased Dupree to the back. That allowed Imperium to take control. There was good sort of back and forth between uh, uh, Kaiser and Gable, I believe, at this point. Um, Gable gets isolated. He finally gets over, makes the hot tag to Otis. He uh, drops him, hits Kaiser with the Caterpillar, and they set up for that double-team finisher that they've got. But as Otis goes to hit the ropes, Vinci pulls the top one down. Otis spills out the ring, uh, and Imperium hit Gable with the Imperial Bomb, or the one, two, three, which makes sense because Kaiser and Vinci should probably be the next contenders for the tag titles. That could be a tasty, I mean, it could be a tasty match at Money in the Bank. Um, but also, I mean, that's SummerSlam worthy, in my opinion. Just my thoughts. Um, we've got, of course, the women's tag title match coming up later on in the evening. Um, and Shotzi and Raquel Rodriguez are being chatted to when here comes damage Qatar, or at least two-thirds. Get well soon, Dakota Kai. Uh, and Rodriguez points out that Bailey is the only member of their team who hasn't won gold since they got together. Maybe it's time for her to look in the mirror. After you lose, of course. Um, then we got something I... Well, you know... <sighs> This is going to be very specific to, to UK viewers. When you're watching premium live events from WWE here in the UK on the WWE Network, presumably on Peacock, there's an advert for, I don't know, pizza or a shop or whatever it may be. But here in the UK, outside of adverts for, um, you know, WWE shop, we get sort of weird little packages, which sometimes can be really disconcerting because you think, wait a second, Charlotte Flair's not booked on this pay-per-view, and yet they're showing a video package sort of establishing Charlotte Flair, and then you realize, oh, they're just killing two minutes whilst um, everyone else gets adverts. I thought this that was what was happening here, and I've subsequently realized, no, this is Monday Night Raw. They don't need to do that sort of thing. It was like an introductory video package for Candice LeRae. How long has she been on the main roster now? But they, they sort of reset her by saying, oh, you know about her fairy wings that's because she thinks fairy well fairy tales are real because of this fairy tale life she's been able to achieve her wings represent the magic that this uh fairy tale has brought to her life candice LeRae is proof that when you believe anything is possible now you know uh all of us here at what culture love candice array and want to see her more uh prominently on WWE television, but I don't know. How can I put this not like nicely? I don't know if this was it. Okay, moving on. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It was a fatal four-way match uh, for the vacant women's tag team titles. Um, it was Raquel and Shotzi, Bailey and EO Sky, Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, and Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Place your bets now as to who you think is going to be leaving with those tag titles. Um, Chelsea Green, always good value. She got tagged in at one point by Bailey. And uh, she doesn't want anything. So she gets thrown into Baszler, out to the floor, uh, and we go to a break. When we come back, Raquel Rodriguez is cleaning house, and Ronda Rousey gets the tag, and we get the moment, the stare down, the showdown between these two, who uh, arguably had one of Ronda's best matches since she returned to the main roster. It's sort of overshadowed, obviously, by all the other events. Was it? Is that the same one where Charlotte Flair came back, quite possibly? Or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, I do like them establishing this as you know something in the future. And who knows, maybe Raquel can get another partner and challenge um, for the tag titles down the line. Because um, Rodriguez drops it with a clothesline. She's about to give her the Tejana bomb, but Baszler comes in and saves her. So she eats the Tejana bomb instead. That allows Rousey to recover and get Raquel Rodriguez in an armbar. Bailey has to break that up with a flying elbow drop. Uh, Chelsea Green tagged herself in. She uh, double-teamed Raquel with uh, Sonya Deville's help. They got a near fall. Sky takes them out, though, uh, with a double drop kick. She hits a Meteora on Rodriguez, but Shotzi breaks it up before then taking out Bailey with a dive. Uh, she gives Sky a face buster and a dragon suplex. Sky comes back with a flapjack. Uh, so good to see EO Sky getting lots more in-ring time nowadays. Uh, she sets up, does EO, for a moonsault, but Ronda Rousey tags herself in, and it sort of set up a Tower of Doom spot with Shotzi bringing down Sky and Ronda Rousey with a powerbomb. Shotzi goes up top, goes for the diving senton, but Rousey moves, counters, armbars Shotzi, and gets the submission victory. Ronda Rousey for the first time, and Shayna Baszler for the third time, I want to say, are your new women's tag team champions. The right call for me. Um, I think, you know, this team's been... Blatantly obvious for quite some time, months before they were even associated really with each other. And yeah, maybe maybe this shift into the into the tag division is going to help Ronda Rousey because I, I felt like she kind of lost her way following uh, following a decent ass kicking of Charlotte Flair at Backlash to win the world title, if you remember rightly. Um, so fingers crossed for them going forward because I I said this on the news this morning. I'd have these two hold the women's tag titles and give them more prominence uh, right up until WrestleMania for me. Um, because, yeah, it, it makes storyline sense. Who would be able to stop 
two of the baddest women on the planet. They're both former UFC fighters. Just have them snap some losers' arms for weeks on end. Not that I'm saying Shotzi's a loser, but I'm just saying that they should dominate this women's tag team division, and you've got a lot of time to build up. Uh, off the top of my head, Caden Carter and Katana Chance, let's say. Um, a new tag team that the fans haven't really seen before and aren't just thrown together to finally dethrone them. I think, yeah, it's just a, it's a really good move. Uh, not exactly surprising when you looked at who was going to be in this match that they have become the new tag champs. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed this is the change of pace that Ronda Rousey needs. Then we got J.D. McDonough versus Dolph Ziggler. Um, bit of something and nothing really here. I get it. They want to showcase J.D. McDonough as this unhinged ass kicker that quite possibly could be joining the Judgment Day long term. But I, I, I don't know. I, I don't mind people who are unhinged and their ass kickers, but you're a professional wrestler. You know what the rules are, and that's why you have to have special matches where you don't have count outs, where you don't have disqualifications. Look, he did a great job, and, and Dolph Ziggler, surprise, surprise, Made it look like it absolutely sucked to be in there with J.D. McDonough, snapping his throat against the top rope early on so he could take control and chucking him around ringside, in the words of Adam Nicholas, like an empty tracksuit. But they both got counted out, and then after that, J.D. McDonough thought, oh, well, bollocks to it. If I've already, you know, already had the match be thrown out, I might as well get what I'm here for. Chucks his head into the steel steps and stamps on it while Dolph Ziggler squeals and... McDonough finally has had enough, and he just sort of calmly walks away. This match was something that I will immediately forget. But good way to establish JD is just this nutter, basically, on the main roster, who I sense, yes, will be um, aligned with the Judgment Day sooner rather than later. It wasn't exactly. It was the subtlety of a sledgehammer. Then having JD get interviewed and Finn Balor on a perch overlooking it all like Batman overlooking Gotham or something. Here comes Cody Rhodes. Um, incredible reaction, uh, just like he got in Saudi Arabia, to be fair. Um, he's still super over, um, but I've got the feeling that they are not doing what I hope they do, i.e. Cody, money in the bank, calls his shot for SummerSlam. But who knows? Maybe this is a misdirect here, because he comes out and he says he lost his match to Brock Lesnar via referee stoppage. Um, he's told by all of his peers, his contemporaries, that it was foolish to fight Brock Lesnar with one hand and foolish, even more so, to not tap out. But he did that for a reason. It was excruciating pain he was put in, but it's not the man he wanted to be, the person who taps out. Years ago, he would have tapped out, but he understand, uh, or he understood sorry, that second chances don't always come around Um there was a wildly popular wrestler, you might have heard of him, who had a catchphrase once, never give up, which uh, hurts a lot more when you're stuck in a Kimura for three, state minute, three straight minutes. Um, he had a message for Brock Lesnar, which he had to deliver down the camera because Lesnar wasn't there. He was on his vacation again. Um, you satisfied, Brock? You satisfied this is over? 1-1 one, one between the two of us? Uh, you know, I don't know if this will reach you, whether you've got cable or internet or landline or wherever, you know, something 
wherever you are in Saskatchewan to relay this message. I'm issuing an open challenge. I'll send you my full schedule. If I am standing in a ring, I am standing there ready to fight you, Brock Lesnar. And this gets a great reaction for Cody. He rattles off Lesnar's incredible life of accomplishments, adding that he was a beast. Beast enough, I like this line, beast enough to break my arm, but not man enough to make me tap out. And if you don't accept this challenge, we know that you are afraid of Cody Rhodes. So you would assume he's going to get his ass handed to him the next time he's not really concentrating in a ring or whatever, and that's going to set up the sort of rubber match between the two of them. However, it is quite a rapid turnaround. I mean, we've got, what, like a month till Money in the Bank? Maybe they hold off on this till SummerSlam? For me, I hope that he's saying this, he's not going to get a reaction, so he's going to say, right, well, I'll concentrate on something else then, and then he gets involved in, in Money in the Bank, perhaps, and maybe Brock Lesnar costs him that, a la, was it Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns a few years back, or in a dream scenario, because please God let this happen, and they don't drag it out to WrestleMania next year, but it seems like that's the way it may well be heading. Cody wins money in the bank. Cody calls his shot. Cody wins the title at SummerSlam, and he's immediately confronted by Brock Lesnar, who's like, I broke your arm. I'm going to take this title off you at the first time of asking. And it would be a fun first title defense that would have people worried in terms of Vince is back, and it's it's Brock Lesnar. Anything can happen. And, you know, they've had their moment of, there you go, there's the title. So who bloody knows? But intriguing to see what happens with Cody Rhodes in the next few weeks. Um, Matt Riddle's backstage. He's uh, he's talking about qualifiers for Money in the Bank. Um, he's excited about the prospect of cash, winning it and cashing it in on Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins when in comes Gunther, who says, I want you to win the money in the bank and cash in on me. Beating you and humiliating you would be fun for me. Good luck. Now, normally, a year or two ago, the Intercontinental Champion saying, you should win this briefcase that gives you a shot at any title within WWE, specifically the world titles, as has been established, and you should fight for this mid-card belt. But by God, is he elevated to such an extent that yeah, maybe someone could. I mean, they did it with the US bloody title last year, but maybe someone could look at Gunther and see that as the the mountain that they want to climb. I don't know whether they will this year, but it's a it's a fun story nonetheless. Um, right, I've got to get ready with a soundboard on this because I couldn't believe what was happening. Kathy Kelly is interviewing Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, and she's asking them what it's like to become tag champs uh, again. And Rousey's like, oh, it's my first time. It's old news for Shayna Baszler. Um, Rousey said we were told for 10 years we are not what the fans wanted uh, but then again we weren't there to cater to fickle fans because they mean nothing um, they went through everyone to become champions hmm. Hi, everyone. Um, they are the baddest team on the planet and they demanded to be recognised as the best and and I'm quoting her here and These nuts. prove it and that Maxwell's not the only one who listens to this podcast, apparently. Uh, another Money in the Bank qualifier followed. It was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Bronson Reed. And I thought, oh, that's a shame. Shinsuke, I was getting a bit of momentum behind him. But they're going to put Bronson in this match. Of course they are. And how wrong I was. Um, but these two kicked each other's asses. I really enjoyed this. Um, 
to take us to a break, Reed was going for a running shoulder tackle off the apron, but Nakamura kicked the leg out of his leg and gave a knee drop on the apron, which was a nice break spot. Reed takes back over because look at the size of him. Nakamura has to come back with kicks and that great sliding German suplex of his. Goes for the Kinshasa, Reeds avoids it, uh, hits a Samoan drop, hits a senton, goes up top. Again, Nakamura goes after him and kicks his leg. Uh, Nakamura comes off the top, but Reed catches him with a thrust kick, which looked great, uh, and followed up with a power slam. One second. Oh, my God. He goes for the tsunami. Nakamura dodges it, hits consecutive Kinshasa's, but just as he's going for the pinfall, Bronson Reed wisely rolls out of the ring. Nakamura has to go in after him. Reed just makes it back in. There's a spot with the stairs. Reed just makes it back in before the count of 10. Rolls back in and immediately gets hit in the back of the head by another Kinshasa. One, two, three. Shinsuke Nakamura qualifies for money in the bank. Already the lineup looks very, very tasty indeed. Byron Saxton's just doing his job in the back, poor bloke. He interviews uh, Judgment Day, congratulates Rhea Ripley on defeating Natalia. Ripley says she didn't just beat Natalia, she destroyed her. Andy Murray informed me that also happened on poor Natalia's birthday, by the way. And they're like, all right, piss off, you loser. Um, and he's like, well, just go on, just tell me which two of you is going to be facing Rollins and Styles and... No, he's not going to get that from them. Um, we find out, as I mentioned, the Money in the Bank qualifiers for next week. Becky Lynch versus Sonya Deville uh, and Natalia versus Zoe Stark. And there was a lovely Memorial Day video. Happy Memorial Day to uh, all of our American listeners. And then we get the main event. Seth Rollins, AJ Styles versus The Judgment Day. It looked like it's going to be Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio, but it was all a ploy. Balor attacks Rollins from behind to take Dom's place and take control uh, to start us off. By the way, got to give WWE and particularly Seth Rollins and Rhea Ripley a big... Oh, my God. For the spot early on in the match, calling back to, I think it was, yeah, Molina and HBK... Uh, Rollins slides out of the ring, puts his arm around Rhea. Rhea thinks it's Dom Dom. She's loving it. They turn, look at each other. What are you bloody doing? Great stuff. Lovely callback, that. Um, we go to the break after everyone comes in, hits some moves. Styles sets up for the phenomenal forearm. Dom yanks him off the apron. Styles threatens to beat him up, so Priest tackled Styles over the announce desk. Uh, we go to break, we come back, Ripley's holding Styles outside the ring for Dom to attack whilst the referee's been distracted by the rest of the Judgment Day. Rollins attacks Dom, chucks him back into the ring, literally into the referee, who's like, what are you doing in here? Right, you and Ripley, piss off. They're kicked out of ringside. Rollins gets the hot tag, hits Balor with clotheslines, thrust kicks, uh, springboard knee strike and a super kick uh, that gets him a near fall Balor comes back though brings in his big mate Damian Priest who knocks Styles off the apron um, Rollins does flip out of a choke slam but uh, Priest is like very impressive I'll just nail you with a clothesline instead uh, that gets him a two count um, Rollins comes back superplexes Damian Priest but as he goes for the Falcon Arrow Priest sort of just counted it into his one of his own Balor hits a blind tag but Rollins manages to make him miss the coup de grace and hit him with a super kick. Styles tags in. He hits Priest with strikes and a fireman's carry neck breaker. Rollins takes out Balor with this huge suicide dive of his. By the way, Damian Priest, what a strategy for avoiding phenomenal forearm towards the end here. 
AJ Styles sets up and goes for the phenomenal forearm. So Damian Priest just moves out of range. He just st- stepped back. And I was like, oh, that's kind of clever, that, to be honest. He uh, gave Styles a razor's edge. Rollins dives in, though, breaks up the co- cover. He does so by stomping Damian Priest, gets back into his corner, tags in, another stomp to Damian Priest. One, two, three, and... AJ Styles and Seth Rollins, the baby faces, stand tall with their hands raised to close out the show. I really enjoyed it. Like, I, like again, I think maybe the ending influenced me because it was just just a, a really good, fun show. The crowd are into it, and uh, yeah, they started. It's it's always either completely bursting out of the blocks when it comes to a, a road to a pay per view. They've got a few weeks though here, and obviously they kind of want the attention right now to be on this week's episode of SmackDown with all the fallout from Night of Champions and the Bloodline, but they're getting their ducks in a row, and the next pay-per-view, which is, of course, coming here to the UK, can't wait for that. Money in the bank, even if it wasn't in the UK, it sells itself, doesn't it? Like you, It's nice. It's a bit like the Royal Rumble. It's always great to have big title matches on there, but if you're going or if you're watching, the reason why is the Money in the Bank match, and I'm just really hoping that they've really thought about the winners this year. You know, I, I think there's only been one woman who's held the briefcase for more than a day, maybe. Liv cashed in barely, well, later on in the same show. Bailey's done that before, I know. There's been ones where they've cashed in the next night on Raw. Just give, them, give it to someone. Give them a bit of long-term direction. Um, whether that's Zoe Stark just yet or Becky Lynch or whatever, I think I think it'd be nice to have one heel with a briefcase and one baby face um, for the reasons we always lay out. It's better to kind of have a heel holding that briefcase for the most part. Um, and it's... Who's it going to be if it's not Cody? I, I can't call it right now, to be perfectly honest, but it's looking less and less likely... Um, but a really fun follow-up show to, to Night of Champions, which was really quite well-received over the weekend. Not quite to the level of NXT Battleground, and more on that in just a short while. Where I won't be alone, uh, I will not be on my own previewing NXT. Stax is going to be there. That's right, it's going to be me and Stax on the show later. No one else. Complete skeleton crew here at What Culture today. Um, but then again, that is, I suppose, what makes us... Oh, what was the phrasing again? One of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a yeah, get used to that. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be used and abused quite a lot in the coming days, weeks, months, and quite possibly years. Um but yeah, let me you know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. I promise you, next week. I'll have at least one of the Dadly Boys in here with me to talk about Monday Night Raw. It's been fun. It's been surreal doing these last couple of Raw reviews on my own. But I do miss the boys, and it's going to be great to have them back and hearing all about the stories from, well, the ones they're allowed to tell, uh, from Las Vegas. As I said, join me later on today for the NXT preview. Subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for daily wrestling podcasts. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. Thanks for listening. I'll see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.